previous segment, we established that the main purpose of water baptism is to forgive one's sins. The reason it has the saving effect is because the Spirit testifies that the atoning blood of Christ is in the baptismal waters. Therefore, since water baptism is such an intrinsic part of one's conversion to Christianity, when such a person is ready to believe in Jesus Christ, what is the proper way for the church to administer it? What is the way that he can receive the saving grace of forgiveness? There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 4 through 6. Scripture speaks of the unity of the church, that these are several qualities that unites the church as one. Amongst these qualities is the mentioning that there is, quote, one baptism, unquote. What this tells us is that during apostolic times, the church had a uniform way to conduct water baptism. Unfortunately, there isn't a Bible passage that neatly and conveniently lists out the proper mode. However, when we look at the entirety of Scripture, the biblical administration of water baptism can be fully pieced together. First, the church must administer water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is true that Jesus commanded his disciples to, quote, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, unquote. However, in the book of Acts, which records the major events in the church's first few decades, most recordings of baptism strictly indicate that it was conducted in the name of Jesus Christ. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not fallen on any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 16. Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. Acts chapter 10, verses 47 through 48. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 19, verses 4 through 5. As you can see, many passages specifically note that the converts were baptized in the name of Jesus. Yes, there are others in which the baptism did not specify this pronouncement. However, there is no biblical record of a baptism announcing, quote, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, unquote. The apostles' actions teach us that the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is Jesus, and baptisms should be conducted in this name. Like Peter once said, quote, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, unquote. Secondly, water baptism must be conducted with the candidate's head bowed down. This is not just a sign of humility or a sinner's expression of his guilt and shame. 
This is consistent with what Scripture tells us about the form of baptism. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Therefore we were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. When Paul speaks of baptism here, on the one hand, he speaks of baptism's various spiritual effects, which we will cover in a future video. On the other hand, he mentions in passing that our baptism is being, quote, united together in the likeness of his death, unquote. This is an insightful clue into the biblical mode of water baptism. Paul tells us that baptism is to be conducted in the likeness of Jesus' death. In the Gospel of John, John tells us that when Jesus was about to die on the cross, he bowed his head and then he gave up his spirit. When Jesus had received a sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. John chapter 19, verse 30. So, what was the likeness of Jesus' death? Jesus purposely bowed his head and then breathed his last. Therefore, when the church conducts water baptism, we should also unite ourselves in the likeness of Jesus' death. We ought to bow our heads. Thirdly, the Bible teaches us that baptism should be a complete immersion in water. The word itself, baptize, which comes from the Greek baptizo, meaning plunging or dipping, connotes an action in which one is immersed in water. Furthermore, Scripture also tells us that baptisms were conducted in locations where there was much water. Now John also was baptizing in Enon near Salim, because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized. John chapter 3, verse 23. Logically, much water was needed because one had to be completely immersed in it. Finally, the Bible tells us that the church administered baptisms in natural, flowing, living water. The most direct support for this is seen in the example Jesus left for us. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Mark chapter 1, verse 9. This verse hints that Jesus was immersed during his baptism, since in the Jordan can also be translated as into the Jordan. But not only is immersion in view here, the body of water and the type of water into which he was immersed is specified. It wasn't a man-made pool or water from a vessel, but it was the Jordan River, a natural flowing body of water. Furthermore, the Old Testament contains prophecies which refer to water baptism for the forgiveness of sins. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Micah chapter 7, verse 19. And also, on that day there shall be a fountain open for the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and uncleanness. Zechariah chapter 13, verse 1. Both sea and fountain refer to natural water sources that flow. Since we know that water baptism is for the forgiveness of sins, it behooves us to make sure it is administered according to the Bible. As we conclude this segment, it is worth emphasizing that just following this precise form of baptism isn't enough, but an effective baptism is intimately connected with the church. 
The forgiveness of sins comes from the Holy Spirit that abides with the true church and sends the true church to baptize.